0: Somebody even asked me one day, you going to get in folks' business? Yeah, we're going to get in folks' business. God gets in your business, and he's telling you how to live. And he said, you got to be different. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's why we're not winning people to the Lord. We can win people to the church. We can win people to singing and to worship, but not to the Lord, because our lives doesn't reflect that. And Peter said, no, things are going to get tough. And when things get tough, you're going to have to know who you are. This is Jerry G. Martin. It's one thing to come to the Lord. It's another thing to take the Lord to the culture around us. It seems like the darkness is closing in on all of us. What a great time for the light of the Lord to shine bright in the life of every believer so we can make a difference in our world. Join us today as we encourage you, the believer, to take the light of the Lord to a dark world. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. The last time we were here, we were talking about Moses' invitation that he received from God to work alongside of God. And that invitation was in the way of a burning bush. That became the thing that attracted him and got his attention. want to just go back to that passage, and I want us to look at a few points so that while you are thinking and contemplating your life and God's purpose for your life, you will see how you can recognize how to move forward and allow God to use your life in the way that he wants to as that ambassador. Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 says, the Lord said... He's speaking to Moses, and Moses, again, is uh, out there on the backside of the wilderness attending sheep, and God interrupts him with this burning bush, and then the Lord said, "'I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians.' And to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. As I'm just reading that, here's God saying, I have a better plan for my folk than what they're dealing with. And I believe he has a better plan for us in our culture than what we're dealing with. He says, I have a spacious land. I have a good land. I have a land flowing with nick and honey. And in verse 9, he says, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. So God said, I've seen it. No, so now I'm sending. I've seen it, and now I'm sending. I'm ready to do something. So God says, I am ready to do something wonder what his response and what his action would be today if he says, I see what's going on down there in the Houston area. And I'm ready to do something. Guess what's next? He's going to tap somebody on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to do something. I am ready to do something. So he says, now, since I'm ready to do something, I call somebody to myself to participate with me with what I want to do. Now, notice the one that he called wasn't that informed on all of what God wanted to do. But God says, I'll just show you, I'll tell you, but the first thing you need to do is respond. And then I can work with you, and then I can tell you all of what needs to be done. He says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God says, I'm, I'm sending you to go get my people. Now, Moses is, uh, he's working. Uh, he's got a job. He has a family. He has a livelihood. Uh, the sheep need somebody. And who's going to look after the sheep if I go? And what's going to happen? Nobody look at them like I do. Nobody can do it like I can do it. I need to stay here with the sheep. In other words, that's a lot of excuses. He had them. And we have them. We have them. He's heard them. All kind of excuses. And, you know, an excuse to the person who has the excuse is a good excuse. To the person who has the excuse... It's a good excuse and a valid excuse. And you just need to understand, I'm working. I've got some things I need to accomplish. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. I can't get off right now or whatever, whatever. Now, God knew all of what you were doing before he asked you. And just in case you didn't know, he already knows what you've got going before he asked you to go somewhere else or to do something else. He knows what you got going. He knows what your hands are in. He knows where you're at. As I look in the scripture, I can't find God calling anybody to do something who was doing nothing. Everybody he called to do something was doing something. If you don't want God to call you, do nothing. And then you won't have any excuse when he calls you. (laughs) So God invited Moses to work with him in setting the children of Israel, free from their bondage in Egypt. Now, look at this. Moses could have said, I'm not in bondage. I'm okay. Why well, I got to go food with somebody else. That's not okay. And a lot of us are okay because we're living in a nice, safe neighborhood. And a lot of us over the years have become separated from all the stuff that's going on in the hood where people are living lives that are just terrible and horrible. If you could just see it, you just go out there and experience but You'll say, like my mom, I didn't know all this was going on. They're living in families without guidance. This 13-year-old and 15-year-old, I can guarantee you they had no parental guidance. They don't have a clue. Our youth department talked about the suicide rate among teens. Really, you don't want to live because you can't get your iPhone working? Because somebody uh, bullied you online that you can't even see them? That's going to cause you to just want to take your own life? Things are kind of bad out there. But Jesus put it this way in the book of Matthews. They're like sheep without a shepherd. They're harassed and they're helpless. His heart went out to them. His compassion went out to them. And he said, I need laborers to go out there and help these people. And if God is going to get laborers today, you have any clue where he might want to get them from? Yeah, somebody said, anybody but me. Now, Pastor Jackie and I had three children, but I used to tell my kid we got four. Jasmine, Jessica, Jared, and we had one called not me. I said, who left that on the floor? Not me. So in the church, we got somebody, anybody can do that. Not me can do it. Not me can go. Not me can share the faith. Not me can go out and do the gospel. Not me. Who you think should go? Not me. God invited Moses, and I believe God is inviting us. God got Moses' attention with the bush that was burning and when Moses walked closer to the bush and examined it, God began to interact with Moses to reveal his purpose. Now, God is at work around you. How many times have you just walked by what God is doing? If you really think about it, you walk by what God might be doing. You won't have a literal burning bush, but there are some... Things that will occur around you that you have to be curious enough to figure out that that's that's something going on with that. So God gave an invitation to Moses to work with him. I want you to come. I'm going to do something. I'm inviting you to come and work with me. I want to send you somewhere. I'm going to deliver the people, but I want you to go and set them free. So God's invitation to Moses led Moses to a crisis of belief that what is God trying to do? I can't do this. That crisis of belief required him to take faith and an action. Faith and an action. And here's how Moses expressed that crisis of of belief when he made the following statement. He said to God in this whole exchange in Exodus, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh. God says, hey, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Moses said, who am I that I should go and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Remember that? When you talk to God, talk to you, and you say, who am I? Well, why me? You want, you want me to do that? Who am I? Am I the one that's supposed to be talking to the, the preacher? The pastor's supposed to be going out reaching these folks. What happened to the elders and the missionaries and the, and the evangelists? That's their job. Who am I? Or I don't feel adequate. That's what they're saying. I don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I can do that. That's never happened to you? When you were saying, who am I, that I should go and do this? He asked this question, or he made this statement. He said, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's his name? Then what should I tell them? In other words, they're going to say, oh, God was talking to you. Right. Uh Uh-huh. So what's his name? So we we don't want to be put in a situation when somebody asks us something and we can't answer it. Is that what somebody said? I'm a little intimidated. I don't know. I don't know if I know enough. That's what he's saying. I don't know if I know enough to be able to, to react properly or to respond properly to those who might ask me something. And so there's nothing unusual about what he's thinking because we'll think the same thing. I, the reason I don't want to say anything is because I don't want anybody to ask me one of these uh, theological questions. Uh, so what is your position on soteriology? you would be like, huh? Don't worry about that. Okay, you got to do like the blind man. I don't know about all that. All I know is I was blind and now I see. I was listening to a minister today and he was talking uh, about a guy that had just got saved. This guy was a, become a great evangelist and he was telling his experience. He said, I got saved and when I got saved the first day, I went back the next day and said, I'm saved. He went to the minister and said, I'm saved, but what should I do? And the minister said, well, the next thing you need to do is you need to go witnessing. So they went door to door the next day. He said, I don't know what to say. He said, just tell them what happened to you. And he said, I went to my brother-in-law and just knocked on his door and said, God saved me. Man, he's really saved my life and things are a whole lot different. I don't feel the same. And his brother-in-law got saved he had so much enthusiasm and so much joy about what he was doing and he said so he just started telling everybody the same thing he didn't know nothing he said I ain't know nothing but what happened to me did anything happen to you or have you forgotten that's the only testimony you need something happened to me or y'all been saved so long y'all done forgot let to see what happened You can just sing that old song. Something got a hold of me. I went to the church one night and my heart... Okay, y'all don't even know the song. Okay. I'm just trying to give you some practical steps. We've made this too difficult. It's not that hard. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's not intimidating. The devil done sold us a lie to keep us quiet. He done told you, you ain't saved enough. You're not holy enough. You're not righteous enough. Why are you trying to tell somebody? (laughs) Then Moses said, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? In other words, they say you don't know what you're talking about. And then he said, oh Lord, after all of that, he said, oh Lord, I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I've never been eloquent. And that's what we'll say, Lord, I don't know exactly what to say. I don't know how to put this together so that I can convince somebody. Just excuses. And if you read that passage, God just uh, clicked off of all those excuses. If they ask me who sent me, God said, tell them I am sent you. I'm not eloquent. Okay, okay, well, I tell your brother to talk. He talked better than you anyway. So just Go. When we recognize our own burning bush, which means, and all of us have a burning bush. You know what that means? It means that something becomes obvious to you that God may be involved in this. Listen to that again. Something become obvious to you that God may be involved in this. Somebody walk up to you and ask you on your job, are you a Christian? Don't just say, why are you asking me that? And then somebody else comes up and asks, I'm having a hard time reading the Bible. Well, go get your app. No, that's a good time for a Bible study or one-on-one discipleship. I was trying to read the Bible, but it just don't make sense to me. Don't just think that they're just doing that. That was kind of odd. That's a burning bush. You need to look at that. When something seems like it might be odd, something keeps occurring that might be coincidental in terms of things of God or somebody asking or opportunities coming up for you, then uh, look at that a little bit further. Move a little bit closer and say, Lord, what are you wanting to do here? Your friends keep calling you. They don't know exactly how to ask you, but they want to say something about the Lord or something about church, and and they just kind of timid because they don't know how to move forward that could be a burning bush. Ask a little closer and just begin to examine that a little bit. Is God speaking through these events? God speaks through circumstances as well. God may be speaking through some recurring events that's happening in your life. Is God working or arranging things through the activities that I'm observing? Is he arranging something? I'm looking Let me tell you this, God will, he'll keep on trying to give you some clues and hints and he knows how to nudge you, but he's not going to keep nudging and nudging and nudging and you do nothing. Those nudges will come few and far between until you get to the place where he recognized that you are now available. Anybody ever felt the nudging of the Lord? Now, uh, you may be expecting the Lord to speak to you and you may be waiting for that Audible voice, I'm telling you, don't wait for that audible voice. You probably won't hear that one. He's not going to text you. You will not get an email into your inbox from the Lord, thy God. In the King James Version, I am the Lord, thy God, and I hearken thou unto me. You will not get that. You will get a nudge in and say, why don't you pray for your coworker?" That's the one right over there. Everybody that God spoke to in the Bible knew it was God speaking to him. So he knows how to speak to you in a way that you know is him. Would you agree to that? You ever say, no, that's the Lord speaking to me. He knows how to speak to you in a way that you will know is him. You know, in other words, if God wants to work something through you, it's up to him to communicate with you. It's not rocket science. It's not. Mystical, well, you got to just wait. I got to wait until I hear thunder and lightning and smoke, and you'll be waiting. And that might not be heaven, especially with the smoke. The only way to know how to continue to work with this is to take that step of faith and begin to move out and obey the nudging of the Lord. Moses his Christ, is Christ has called for two things it called for faith. And a call for an action. So sometimes this is how we categorize when God is speaking to us. We'll say, something told me. Won't we say that? Something told me. Well, that something often is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You ever hear the Holy Spirit speak to you? Or or you get this thought or this voice about praying for somebody specifically? When you pray for them, then give them a call. Say, uh, you were on my mind and I was just praying for you. They might say, you know, I was just talking to God. Say, Lord, just help somebody call me. Somebody pray for me. Somebody encourage me. When somebody come to your mind like that, then pray for them. Don't just say, wonder why they keep coming to my mind. Pray for them. Call them. Follow up on that. And when, when we start being responsive to what God does in our lives, he will minister to us more by the Holy Spirit. What do we say? And God is able to do more then we can ask or think or imagine according to his power that is at work within us and that Holy Ghost power on the inside of us working. You know, I had this picture of the, of the Holy Ghost sitting inside of the believer, sitting inside ready and just anxious and ready to go to work, but the believer hadn't done anything in so long, the Holy Ghost started reclining in the reclining chair because he hadn't been asked to do nothing in a long time. Because the believer ain't doing nothing. So the Holy Ghost is just sitting there. After a while, he's napping. And you say, I can't feel him like I used to. Well, you ain't been doing nothing. But when you start praying, Lord, I'm available. Lord, I'm your ambassador. Lord, whatever you decide that you want me to do. The Holy Spirit said, Lord, you hear that? Sound like we're getting ready to do some work. Then the Lord will start arranging things. He will begin to arrange things so that he can call you in on it. But since you ain't going to do nothing, you don't need him arranging anything. That's the way that works. He's not going to arrange things if you're not going to respond. And he already knows you're not going to respond. And he knows when you're serious. Lord, I don't know what to do. Uh, Pastor been talking about being an ambassador. I'm an ambassador, but I have no clue of what I need to do. But I know this. If you could just make it plain to me and just... Reveal to me what you want to do through me, where I'm going and on my job or wherever. Uh, uh, Just help me with your spirit. I will respond. If I just know what you want me to do, I guarantee if that's your heart attitude, you're going to start seeing him working around you. So the first thing comes is our willingness, our willingness, our earnest willingness to want to be used of God. Not just saying it, God use me, you can use anybody, you can use me. Singing it, don't get it done. But are you really, really serious about that? God, I don't know. I'm intimidated, I'm an introvert, but I'm still, I'm available. I don't know what to do, I don't know how to do. God's got that part. He can work that. I, I just need a willing vessel a willing vessel. And when he recognized your willingness, he says, all right, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get busy. Moses' faith took action. Now, at the end of the story, when they summarize Moses' life in the book of Hebrews, the same Moses that said, what if they ask me about who God is and all of this? Look at what Hebrews says about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, Refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover the uh, sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, Moses got these things accomplished through God working in his life. It was Jesus Christ himself who said, You, are the light of the world, and a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And then he encouraged the believer to take the cover off of the light so that other people can see how God is working in your life, and they will want to go to God and give Him glory as well. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I'm encouraging you who are believers, who have experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ, to allow the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine bright right there where you are. And we need every light to shine as bright as it can right now to dispel the darkness that comes in the way of violence and anger and bitterness and divisiveness in our country and in our community. If you would like to hear today's message again, you can do so by going to our podcast, at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. And I invite you to come and be our guest at The Light of the World Christian Fellowship. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road right here in North Houston. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. Pastor Jackie is in a great series on going back to the basics. For more information, go to our website at lowcf.org. If you're still looking for a Bible bookstore, come to the Beacon Bookstores on our campus right here at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're looking for Bibles, books, church supplies, or communion supplies, we have them here at The Beacon. Call us at 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.